gonna go live in five, four. Knock, 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 knock on wood, and welcome to another episode of So Did You Like It, a film podcast to go with the thousands and thousands of other film podcasts, but we're not going to throw numbers at you, we're not critics, we're just two co-workers, co-hosts at the end of a movie that asks, So Did You Like It? I am Sir Squared, and I'm joined as always with my co-host. I'm Kaz, the non-special, non-magical glue that holds this podcast together. God, the amount of truth in that statement is scary. It really is. It's all true, all of it, every bit of it. And yes, for uh, for continuing of Summer of Animation, this week we checked out Encanto, the first time we've ever done a kind of topical film that is very popular. This is a story of a, uh, a Colombian family who found shelter in an Encanto after fleeing from the Thousand Day War where their grandfather was taken from them and uh, the abuela had to move on. And it is a look at the life of the magic girl seen through the eyes of Maribel, who has no power and sees everything from an outside perspective that helps her figure out what's going on. And I just got to say, this movie fucking rules. I thought we saved that for the end of the podcast. No, it's pretty good. I, I This is my, my first time seeing it. All I got, all I got from the internet was uh, people saying uh, they like the strong lady, which, yes, yeah, strong lady, cool. Uh, a bunch of don't talk about Bruno memes and hearing a lot of people say, oh, it's so relatable. Yeah. Oh, my God, I'm this person in my family and this person is like that person in my family. And watching it, I can see why a lot of people very easily relate to it. Yeah, yeah. I remember you were starting off like as soon as the movie started and you were introduced to the grandma, you were like, oh, is this an hour like excuse <laughs> for me to complain about my grandma? <laughs> I was going to say, actually, like, as people being a part of a big family or something like that, you, you know, I'm sure everyone experiences where it's like, oh, you feel like you're the not special one of the family, Mm -hmm. or you feel like everyone has all these cool abilities and that kind of relatability that people get, or like, you know, you have like a sibling who is like totally that person. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, also culturally, even though I'm not Colombian, uh, I'm Hispanic, a lot of it is like a, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's totally me, abuela. Bitch. <laughs> but uh, she doesn't listen to podcasts, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> Isn't she like right next door or something? I Yeah, sh- shut up. <laughs> so, once again, big family, big household. We all live in the same fucking place. So, hey, my house didn't give me a special room. I have the hand-me-down that I've lived since I was a baby. Uh, <laughs> yeah, fuck you, casita. What happened to you here? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I told you. Like, I was like, yeah, every bit of this, like, this is exactly my grandma. Like, the whole like hush hush about our personal gossip, but like she'll listen to other people's gossip about other people. Um, everything about like her being kind of a hard ass and like keep appearances up. I told you she was exactly like my grandma, except for the very end when she realizes she might have been in the wrong. <laughs> that is totally not my grandma. <laughs> admitting fault and or hugging it out and preparing relationships. Nah. That ain't it, son. And I get a lot from my grandma. <laughs> <laughs> no apologies. Only acceptance of your own faults. And not your grandma's oh, faults, I'm, just yours. I'm I'm sorry all the time because I do dumb shit. <laughs> but I don't want to hug. And I would prefer to, <laughs> to just... If we just don't talk about me, I'm good. So we treat you like Bruno? Um, who? Yeah. Ah. Anyways. 
Yeah, so that that's the other part is I got a bunch of memes about the Bruno and don't talk about him. And I was contemplating for this podcast. I was like, all right, everyone's doing the meme of like, hey, I guess it's that part we got to talk about Bruno. Bruno's pretty rad in this movie. Uh, of course, he is voiced by our hero, John Leguizamo. My God. Bruno is the Prince of Cats. Dibbled himself. <laughs> Dibbled himself. Beautiful. Beautiful. I love Bruno. I absolutely love See, Bruno's character. I love his personality. I am like he's the type of person that it was just like I would hang out with Bruno because I know that Bruno is just gonna want to sit in silence for an hour, and I'm totally done with that. You just want to smoke weed with Bruno. <laughs> talk about I mean, visions and the future. <laughs> talk about the <laughs> Hey Bruno, can I show you my magic powers? <laughs> Bruno's like telling you about the future and what could be. You're like, man, I already seen it. <laughs> <laughs> whoa dude like that happened in my dream last night i don't know what you're talking about if all of our dreams are just visions of the future man <laughs> you pull the joint out of bruno's hands like that's enough today bruno oh no i thought that was you talking the whole time <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i don't know if like it's i i mean like i'm not a teenager anymore it's not like i speak like a jail each time I got news for you, buddy. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Fuck me. Is this how it has to come out, too? Like, in a public setting? Yeah, this this wasn't a talk uh, a podcast on Encanto. <laughs> this is intervention. We love you. We support you. Oh, my gosh. All right. Diversion. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, talk about something else. Uh, uh, but does John Lucasamo <laughs> also play Jorge? And who is the other one? Pedro? Arnando. Arnando. I am Arnando, and I'm not afraid of anything. Does he play that many characters? <laughs> his real gift was acting. I love that all of his other personalities have some kind of trade that they're good at. I'm Jorge. I make the speckle. <laughs> the speckle. <Yeah. laughs> like, I love that scene. It, it gets me every time. Wait. Have you been in here patching the cracks? Oh, that? No, 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 no. I'm too scared to go near those things. All the patching's done by Hernando. Who is Hernando? I'm Hernando and I'm scared of nothing. It's actually me. <laughs> I used to say my real gift was acting. <laughs> I'm Jorge. I made the sparkle. He's like, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't, can't even get near the walls. I can't do that. Hernando does it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for Hernando. And like his, I, um, should we be worried about Bruno though because of his television programming? Because at first it was fine. It was like sports, action, and then it was like telenovela, and it was just like, and he was telling us, so was like, this is the story of like a man and his aunt, and they're in love, and they're engaged, but the aunt has amnesia, so she doesn't actually know she's his aunt. It's kind of like a forbidden love, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I don't know. And I've, I was like, wait, what? I've sat <laughs> down while my mom or my grandma are watching novellas. It doesn't seem too out of place. No, it doesn't seem out of place, but like... You just got like these dumb kids who are in love but it turns out they were siblings separated at birth because of a family strife and i'm i no one can see me but i'm putting my my um <laughs> hands on my face and i'm gasping in spanish i'm gasping in spanish yes <laughs> give me that gasp real quick oi <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to go with an I. No, that's a stereotype, <laughs> sir. How dare you? <laughs> ah, fuck me then. So the family Madrigal has probably a very unique uh, dynamic. It's a very unique dynamic yeah. is, is what I really should say. Because, like, their personalities are 
all over the place. Just so all over the place. Uh, starting with Pepita, who is easily annoyed, and she controls the weather. So it's like, do you want to be pissing <laughs> off the woman that can summon a hurricane, like, at any time? I was bitching about her the entire time during the movie. Yes, you were, dude. It's like... And, like, it made me... <laughs> Sorry, go on. It made me realize. It made me realize her husband Felix is the true fucking MVP of this movie. Keeps her happy enough for it to not rain, or what? Exactly, keeps her happy enough to where the Encanto isn't completely destroyed by a hurricane. Well, the house seems to take care of itself. Um, but like, they introduced her as being able to control the wa- rain, the Wayne, the Wayne and weather. <laughs> um, but uh, all I ever do is see her make it rain all the time because she's always stressed and pissed about something. Like, oh, I'm thundering Bru- and. On her like, wedding like, night, Bruno's like, hey, it's gonna make it's gonna rain on your wedding. Like, I could have predicted that. Like, shit. It wasn't someone, even like that. It was someone just could have forgot like the hors d'oeuvres and just suddenly fucking thunderstorm. Ah, you were talking during the end of the movie, so you didn't catch Bruno's rap line at the end, did you? Uh probably. Even if I did, I never remember any lyrics from anything I've ever heard. The first thing he does is apologize to Peppa because he tells her, like, hey, it wasn't a prediction. You just looked really nervous, and I said the first thing that came out of my mouth, and I was just wanting you to, like, not freak out because I love you. And you're just like, god damn, Bruno, stop being the best person of this movie. I mean, he he kind of made it happen, though. She was fine until Well, yeah, but, like, he's an awkward person. He was really just trying to do what he thought would help her. It didn't work, but it wasn't... It wasn't a vision. It wasn't him trying to ruin her wedding. He was just... He helped in the wrong way. Yeah, he's an awkward person. He has one special... The family's lauded for their skills, and his one skill makes everyone hate him. Like... And it sucks, too, because when we when you go through we don't talk about Bruno, it's like, he told me my fish would die the next day dead. It was just like, yeah, goldfish die. Kind of like he warned you so you could be mentally and emotionally prepared. Uh, he told me I'd grow a gut, and just like he said... Did you exercise? Did you eat right? Did he just tell you like, hey, if you don't can if you don't change your methods, you're gonna get you're gonna get a gut. Yeah, if Bruno had told me I was going bald, I'd be like, damn it, I'd have been so upset and sad. <laughs> but at least I would have known ahead of time, okay, invest in hats. What looks good on you, son? I found out I look decent in summer beanies, I guess. I look like I'm gonna rob someone, but that's fine. <laughs> and I guess you can give the priest a pass because he was told that he was gonna lose all of his hair. And like as any man, you'd be pretty freaked out about that. Yeah. Yeah. Still sad. <laughs> uh what's the name of what's the name of the kid who got, who gets his powers and can talk to animals? Antonio. Antonio. I fucking just speaking of saying something, like constantly bitching about the chick who makes it rain every time. Every fucking time I'm just like, God damn it, Antonio, you're so fucking good. <laughs> he's such a sweet boy and he's never annoying. He's a sweet little angel and we love him. Our little Antonio dressed like Woody throughout the movie. It's like uh fuck it, I forgot. Like uh, this is a completely unrelated movie and we haven't seen it for a podcast and so far no plans to see it, but when I saw Charlie in the chocolate factory for the first time <laughs> every time I'm like every Charlie just does like the most like oh look, he's basically just child Jesus like cuz he's just the <laughs> nicest most pure heart. And it was every time I kept doing the same thing where I was like god damn it Charlie, you're so damn pure. <laughs> like that moment where they're in the glass elevator it's just like candy doesn't always have to have a point. Shut the fuck up, kid. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, God damn. He just, 
this is a child without sin. He's just without any flaws. I kind of hate him. Uh, unlike Antonio. Antonio's great. Like I said, I'm expecting like, okay, he's going to do the annoying child trope thing. Not once. No complaints. No notes. You're good, Antonio. <laughs> oh, and I love I love the fact, too, where like he also, like once he got his powers, he knew where Bruno was. <laughs> he knew exactly where Bruno was. He could hear him in the walls. Or he could hear the mice in the walls oh, that would tell him. Yeah, there's Bruno. the animals would just, con- yeah, exactly. I, again, he's probably young enough to not understand what is going on and what he should do, but like he makes the right choice. He yeah. lets Maribel deal what she needs to deal with. And then when he is needed, like when he has something he can offer, he's just like, use my room. It's big as fuck. And I am only 10 yeah. years old <laughs> or eight years old. Yeah. He's so fucking good. Like, everything he does is like, you're such a sweet boy, Antonio. Like, I was expecting a thing where it's like all of, all of Maribel's family is kind of like a little shitty towards her. It's like, oh, Maribel, just just stay out of the way, please. Mm-hmm. Or like, ah, Maribel, you're, you're kind of being annoying. Or, hey, Maribel, stop talking about our magic and shut up. Uh, stop talking about Bruno. Yeah, you know, all this stuff. And so I thought, oh, man, the kid's going to get powers and suddenly he's going to be like too good to hang out with her and it's going to suck. Nope. Nope, Antonio, once again, Antonio's great. He never gets, like, too up his own ass. He never becomes the shitty part of the family that kind of gives Maribel shit or, like, tells her to get out of the way. He's a good, sweet boy. He's a good, that moment when they're under the bed together before his gifting ceremony, and he's just like, I wish you could have a door. And I was like, Antonio! (laughs) (laughs) And, yeah, they're a little back and forth with him and her, like, you know, because she never got her own room, so she's had to stay in there with him since he was a baby i guess mm-hmm. the nursery or whatever it is um and yeah, uh, yeah. like there they have a fun like little back and forth and he's like what if i don't get powers it's like oh god oh, you're absolutely gonna powers but if you don't you're gonna have to stay with me forever Woo! and you know it, they laugh it off and then like later on he needs her to escort him to the door i'm like oh i love the relationship it's so sweet that look on Alma's face of surprise when Maribel comes out and takes, or Maribel take, comes out and takes uh, yeah. Antonio's hand. I'm just like, yeah, that's right. Someone actually cares about this woman here. Yeah, yeah. It, it's 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 a sweet movie. But that just, bitch I, of a sister. <laughs> Are they sisters? Oh, my God. Uh, yes, Isabella is okay. the eldest sister and Luisa is the middle sister. Oh, okay. And then Mirabel is the youngest. Isabella is the oldest? She is the oldest from okay. uh, See, I never... uh, Augustine and Julieta. Okay, I'm never going to remember any of these names. Thank you. Uh, I grew up all, you know, we're, we're three older brothers, so I know what it's like to have a, like a house full of a bunch of dudes. Had no sisters, don't know what that's like, but I have met people who have that exact dynamic of like, oh, look, she's the pretty one and perfect and all that stuff. And why can't you be like your sister kind of thing? Yeah. I have met those people. So I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, except I think what I'm thinking about, it was the younger sister who was the quote unquote perfect one. Um, so that's why I was like, oh, she's older. Huh. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like. Ditch, ditch the Isabella in your life. Don't be an Isabella. Be a Louisa. No. See, they had. I mean, yes. Always be the Louisa. She's great. We'll get to her. But they have a, they have a bonding moment, and they come together as sisters and reconcile their problems. That's the thing. Everyone becomes a closer family and becomes, ni- you know, nice to each other by the end. 
She starts off kind of a little shitty, though. Oh, she hair slaps Maribel and causes flowers to erupt all over her face. Hits her, hits her in the face with flowers. Flower power for life. But, I, like, I get it, and I understand, and Isabella does grow as a character, and, you know, sure. But you'll never beat Luisa. Luisa's great. Luisa uh. is, gosh, whenever surface pressure comes on, I get really anxious because it's really easy to relate with that song without, like, take yes. the movie out of context, just put that song on. That song will give you anxiety because that is every single person in this world right now. Yes. Almost, you know? Uh, and why she's moving so many churches, I have no clue. Like, why is like, hey, can you move the church? What? Did she not move it to the right place the first time? God damn it, y'all. Jeez. Can you reroute the river? Yeah. <laughs> oh, just put this bridge here. I'm like, fuck. What, did, what would y'all do if y'all had to do anything for yourselves? But, all right. Get into the song you mentioned, though. That's the first time... As I was watching this with you, I was like, oh, that's right. When that song came on, I was like, the music was written by, or whatever, by uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Is that his name? Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, that's the song that I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I can hear it. I can hear the Hamilton in this. Yeah. It is the one song. No, that's a bad it. thing. Like, his songs are pretty easy to find, you know, or like, you can hear it. You're just like, all right, got it. Yeah, they're very easy to pick out. Surface Pressure, though, has got to be. One of my favorite Lin-Manuel Miranda songs. I wouldn't say it is a bad thing. I'm just saying it's very easy to pick out once you know what you're listening to. Um, or once you know what he sounds like. He has a very distinct voice, I think, in his music. Though, actually, there was some of them that I was like, oh, that sounds like a, a regular-ass Disney song. <laughs> I couldn't tell. Talking about that song in Louisa, though, this is where we're going to get into, like, all right, so kick your feet up, put your feet on the couch, lay back. This is the part where you're going into therapy. Yeah, that's 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 the dynamic that get like, once again, I don't know how prevalent this is in f most families. But, yeah, I definitely understand, like, that pressure of, like, uh, the dynamic of sometimes as a sibling or as a person in a family or in a relationship you have those moments of like, yeah, no, I have to keep all this pressure on my back. I have to keep lifting the weights. I have to be strong because if I don't, everything falls apart. It's all on my back. And that is a thing, I think, I'm going to just make a leap here. Think the grandma instilled onto her and everyone really in the town put on her. She never had to be that strong for everyone, yeah. but she's made to feel that way. I don't know why I'm getting yeah. deep all of a sudden. <laughs> well, no, like, I mean, let's let's go through one of the groupings of lyrics just real quick it's a quick reading uh it goes under the surface i feel berserk as a tightrope walker in a three-ring circus under the surface was hercules ever like yo i don't want to fight cerberus under the surface i'm pretty sure i'm worthless if i can't be of service yes there you that, go that that line hits so hard on so many yeah. levels that every time this song comes on I immediately bust out singing. I have to. Yeah, that is a relatable line or a couple of lines in that. And I think almost universally everyone can relate to that at one point or another in their life. And the fact that every single person probably relates to it at one point or another means that we're not alone. Hey, we're all in it together, folks. There we go. Positivity. I really like Why this, am I being positive? I really like this line. The, break, uh, the straw in the sack that breaks the camel's back. What breaks the camel's back, it's pressure. Yeah. And like, ah, fuck. I, I like the, the the lines you read before that one. That one's good. But like the other one was like, yeah, that one really just punches you. Yeah. Yeah. And the way she looks at the care, like at her sister, too, when she says that, I, I was just like, Louisa, I'll give you a hug. 
I'll tell you you're lifting too much. I'll tell you to put your feet up. We could be friends. I think Louisa would kill me if she hugged me. I mean, she can lift a donkey without hurting them. I understand. I'm very weak. (laughs) I bruise really easily. I rolled a two on constitution. (laughs) The slightest breeze. (laughs) Moonlight is painful. I eat a banana. I'm dead. (laughs) Luis is that type of character that I was talking to. uh, I was talking to my partner recently about this movie. And they were talking about Luisa. And I said, you know what I would really love? I would love a Disney Plus series of shorts, like eight to ten, eight to thirteen minutes, of just Louisa going through her everyday life. I'd watch that. Uh, you know, I think you just need like one short. I think would be fine. Yeah, probably. But like a short about Louisa would be really uh, appreciated, considering how they completely Disney completely screwed up the uh, the marketing on this movie. Oh, I, I don't think I paid enough attention to the marketing. What what's the deal with that? They printed a lot, like an, 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 a huge amount of Isabella dolls, toys, things like that. And a limited number Why of Isabella? Louisa like, who's toys. Who's watching that being like, yeah, I love her? <laughs> because she is the ideal. Because she's pretty? Yeah, she's okay. the ideal beauty figure of the film. So Disney wrongly thought everyone was just going to jump to that. No, all of Luisa's no toys sold out. The strong dog. Yeah, all of Luisa's toys That's sold amazing. out. Amazing, and no one can find them anymore. And like they, and the, people were pretty upset about it. And then it kind of also I, didn't help too, because like, I'm not gonna lie, we're not, we don't usually go about other things. But Luisa is a really great character. I loved her so much. So when I saw the trailer for She-Hulk, I was incredibly disappointed. I agree. I think you made the joke when we were watching this. You said, and that's what our She-Hulk should be, and I 100% agreed. I would kill for that She-Hulk. Not really. While we're we're on this tangent, did you hear that that was mostly higher-up executive meddling? Yeah, of course. The the artists were like, we want to make her like buff and strong. We know what people want and expect from She-Hulk. And then so many uh, the execs were like, no, make her slimmer. Make her thinner. Make her slimmer. Make her slimmer. And they were like so frustrated, like, oh my God, like people aren't gonna like this. Oh yeah, that movie that show is unless they fix the CGI on it, it's already dead on arrival. My guess is the reason for this trailer that looks like it's unfinished is they're taking the Sonic approach. Someone must have someone must have said, like, hey, let's throw it out, see what the reception is, and while we're somewhat ish early on the cgi maybe we can fix it <laughs> yeah maybe we can and that would be nice because be... give me my louisa yeah that's all i want uh, even when louisa's breaking down and losing her powers she's just so she's hilarious because she's she's just like i was lifting something and it was it was heavy <laughs> she's just uh-huh. like breaking down crying just you know running off okay. I'm losing my gift! What? Mirabella and I were having this little talk about me carrying too much, so I tried not to carry so much, but I realized it was putting me behind. And I knew I was gonna let everyone down, and I felt really bad, so I was grabbing all the donkeys. But then when I went to throw the donkeys in the barn, they were... heavy! <laughs> Luisa, could you bring over the piano? Okay. <laughs> Like at one point, they're even like, "Hey, Louisa, can you bring in the piano?" And the look that they had the character animate on her face when she's ready to just cry, <laughs> and she's just dragging it in and just starts breaking down. I'm like, "Oh my god!" Every time they bring her up, fantastic. Yeah, can we just have a whole movie about Louisa? 
Now, especially if what you're saying and then all the dolls sold out, we need a standalone Louisa movie now. Exactly. I mean, they, Disney, come on. Pay attention. What's up here? Where we learn that physical strength isn't all you need. Inner strength is what matters the most. <laughs> you are more important than your gift. There you go. I made your tagline for you. Have that one for free, Disney. No, wait, pay me. <laughs> <laughs> so, one of the big themes or big issues of the movie or the conflict of the movie is that the casita, the magic house they live in, is breaking and their gifts are dying. That's a great house, too. It's a beautiful house. Uh, too bad certain individuals destroyed it. Bean champ, well, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> The house is breaking. The house is cracking. Mirabelle sees it. Other people have seen it as well. No matter what she does, people are just trying to tell her that, like, this is just because you don't have a gift. Which is a big slap in the face from these townspeople that owe everything to this family. Yeah. Like that one guy at the beginning who was just like, here, Mirabelle, I gave you the not-so-special special. You know, because you don't have a gift. Anyway... Tell Antonio good luck tonight. Yeah, and even last the last gift ceremony was a bummer. That being your gift ceremony. <laughs> even the <laughs> shitty kids were like, wow, maybe your special gift is being in denial. <laughs> like, slap that child right now, Mirabelle. <laughs> Though that kid that drinks coffee, he does have a superpower. Because at the end of the movie, when they're helping rebuild Casita, you see him take a shot of, like, espresso, basically, and just one hit pound a bunch of nails into a board. And this kid's like six. Like, is he just fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger under this, that shirt? They have to work real early and real young. <laughs> and so this kid, he's already got a day job. He's already in construction. <laughs> That's why he drinks coffee, to wake up early enough for his construction job. Yeah. They just, it's Disney, so they cut out the part where he's just having cigarettes on his, like, smoke, on his break. <laughs> <laughs> this kid's tough as nails. So much that he pounds those nails in one shot. Now, <laughs> with Mirabelle, I also wanted to bring about a fun fact, because we did talk about a little bit of their songs. While Mirabelle doesn't have some of the best songs, one of her songs is Waiting on a Miracle, which is it's a good song. It's fun. You can feel the kind of like emotion she is feeling when she has to live her everyday life, seeing her family be special while she is just not uh, to her eyes. And... Fun fact, Stephanie Beatrice, who voices uh, Mirabelle, sang that song, recorded that song while in contractions. <laughs> because when you go into contractions, when you go into labor, it takes hours and hours and hours. So she was just like, I guess I'll just record a song while I'm waiting then. And she did a great job. Yeah, I. Not that you can, not that that's a thing. Like, oh yeah, you can tell when it was a contractions, but like, knocked it out of the park. It sounded fine. She knocked <laughs> it. It sounded great. It was beautiful. It was great. Is it better than service pressure? We don't talk about Bruno or Dos Oruguitas. Uh, it's still good. I'm going to play like armchair therapist again for a second, going back to the house falling apart. Um, like, it's very clearly like a metaphor for, you know, like, you know, people who have like when there's okay. faults or something going on, like maybe family drama or maybe personal drama, something like that. You have those people who just like to no, it's not. No, everything's fine. And they cover over it and they pretend they pretend. And all the while mm -hmm. the cracks are building and you're patching over something until, you know, the house comes down. Um, and I just thought it was very well visually represented 
um yeah like the relationship uh, the way they did that and yeah that's once again uh, if not in my personal life or not not me personally though i am the kind of person's like what nothing's wrong with me like six drinks later i'm crying fucking no you don't get it <laughs> but um yeah also know people who's just like no bury it down there's nothing wrong everything's fine family's perfect there's no problems there's no problems don't look stop looking at the cracks there's no problems i have met people who work very it's very creepy when it's like going from like i'm actually physically there and seeing people shouting down and talking about the like horrible shit the family's going through to all smiles hi yeah everything's fine what are you talking like you know, do you need water like how <laughs> like what yeah mariano's on his way to propose to isabella everything's fine everything's perfect we must look perfect yeah um there you go. There's me once again. I have no background in psychology, uh, but there's my little <laughs> armchair therapist two cents of just. I mean, you're not you're not wrong. It is a really beautiful metaphor. Yeah. I don't think this movie even. Yeah, I don't think this movie even outstays its weapon or its welcome. It is a from start to finish a good movie. It never it never got boring, and. Even if you don't like all the characters, I did. I did get along with a lot of them and like wanted to see more of them, like Antonio and ah, uh, oh, dude. If only I could see more Felix. Was that the guy that was married to the uh, storm cloud lady? Peppa. Uh, yeah. Yeah. First you thunder, and then you drizzle, and then it rains. I mean, even background characters, like even if they're just like minor, they still serve a purpose. Honestly, like the one that I was like, eh, he could leave, and or he could not be in the movie, and it doesn't matter. Um, was probably like Mirabelle's dad, but we have too many Disney characters with no parents, with with not both their parents. So it's like, yeah, it's fine. Go ahead, keep him. <laughs> he was just there. Anything he was he was there for. It could have just been the mom, other than getting stung by bees. I guess. I'm not gonna lie. I was actually a little bit upset with uh, Mirabelle talking about the people that married in because Augustine tried to give her like advice or was just like I understand what you're going through like we married into the family we're never gonna get gifts and we're around extraordinary people all the time like you're gonna be fine you're you just need to be you and she kind of just ignores that and it's like that's some solid advice right there from someone who understands what you're going through yeah in my head I was like are they gonna like maybe blame this on the dad it never comes to that they never no one ever points the finger at the dad and be like she got her lack of specialness from you. No, because... That's just something they never consider, I guess. Because, I mean, and I feel like Alma knew after Mary Bell didn't get her power or her gift that this was her fault. She didn't, wanna, she didn't want yeah, to I admit guess. to it. I guess. And she always wanted to look for a different reason. But deep down, she knew part of it was her own fault. Because you see her talking to the, uh, the picture of Pedro she has. Right. And she admits to the house craking. Uh, cracking and the yeah. candle going out and their casita and encanto falling apart so she knows she's just doesn't want to accept it she doesn't want yeah. to admit to it she doesn't want to say it's her fault she just wants to because of bruno's vision she was like what did she say it was just like miribel was in bruno's vision for a reason find her it's just like what are you gonna do murder your grandchild for power yes all must be for the encanto uh, funny, one, another coincidence, because I keep throwing my grandma under the bus. Uh, <laughs> my, uh, grandpa, who, who was her husband, who I never met because he passed before I was even born, uh, name was also Pedro. Oh, eh? wow. <laughs> eh? So, is your grandma your alma now? Always. Always has been. <laughs> She'll never let me get better. 
She knows how unspecial I am. She lets me know. Uh, <laughs> um, also got that one girl who's also like a side character, and all her th- her only special ability is she can hear like a pin drop. She can hear the mice in the walls, uh, or she can hear eye twitches. Oh, she also she admits that she knew where Bruno was as well. Yeah, and I just love that anytime she's talking because she has exceptional hearing. Even though she has a very loud, boisterous family, she's always whispering, and I thought that was a fun touch. Like even when she's singing in her in her part of a song, she sings in whispers, and I just thought that was a funny little touch they put yeah. in there. And her little like sound effect, you're just like ah, you're so mousy. It's perfect. Dude, speaking of her yeah. part in, uh, in and, uh, uh, we don't talk about Bruno. Did you notice that, like, when she's like dancing and her and Mirabel are dancing in the casita? If you look up to the second floor, you see Bruno walking in the halls. Uh, I don't know if I saw that or not, or if I noticed that. He even is doing like a little bit of a head bop to it because he's like, "Man, these are some sick beats." Oh, is he? That's funny. Yeah, he's even doing that, and just like, "All right, go." Cool. So, the casita breaks. After we find Bruno, and Bruno informs her that, like, she needs to embrace her sister Isabella for the candle's light to grow again. She needs to yeah. have an honest conversation with her. Or that's what the vision shows. Yeah. And and it doesn't work to fix the house, but what it was supposed to be was a catalyst to set things in motion. Mm-hmm. So her, her sister to realize she's not being herself. She's being... Uh, Armchair therapist time again. <laughs> uh, she's, being, she's being held to a high standard by her family. She has that great scene where she says, "Oh, or she's like, oh yeah, all you've ever had to do is just be like perfect." Or she's uh, Mirabelle saying that to her sister, where she's like, "All you, all you do is just be perfect and this and that, and you have all these powers and you're great." She said, "Do you think it's not a hard time having to be perfect all the time, having to never have any problems, never complain, never do anything? I don't even want to marry that fucking guy. I'm doing it for the family." Um, and and Mirabelle's just like, "Wow, that's a breakthrough. You know what? Come here, bring it in." Hug it out, bitch. But she's more <laughs> interested in the little cactus she grows because she realizes you don't have to make only flowers. Yeah. If you like, if you have the ability to control all fauna, yeah, or flora, why are we just making flowers? I... Let's line this encanto with carnivorous plants. All right, <laughs> all some right. poisonous. You're plants. making a Batman <laughs> villain, I think. Um... <laughs> no, 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 no. She's protecting the encanto. <laughs> <laughs> what is what is this like plants versus zombies now <laughs> like yeah, it's plants versus encanto now okay no it's plant it's plants and encanto versus everyone else um but yeah once again versus the colombian government going into like causes like bullshit yes i have a degree in bullshit and faking psychology um no not really um but like uh yeah it, it, her only making flowers goes along with like that you have to have just this perfect presentable look Always with the flowery, beautiful, pristine dresses that don't have any grass stains or any kind of any ruffles or, or ruffles where they weren't meant to be uh, problems with them. Um, just be the perfect poster child. And so she never bothers to make any plants because all she's expected is to make beautiful things. Roses, flowers, things and that... beautiful babies. Yeah, things that are... Because uh, uh, what was she saying about the cactus? That it was um, not... 
it, there you go it's imperfect it's not it's not beautiful or it's not pretty it's mine yeah and so i think that once again that it just i think they through her powers and through like visually you know visual metaphor i think they do a great job in showing like that kind of family dynamic that once again the grandma is just getting everyone trapped in my question though is like during the the song with isabella and mirabelle first off we see that we already know that isabella is going through a hard time because she even has perfect statues of like different flowers and stuff of her not because she's vain but because she has to spend hours a day practicing perfect poses just to keep up appearances for her abuela which is that's pretty fucked up (laughs) let's be real uh, mm-hmm. But my big question is when she figured out her powers were more than just flowers and like you could make other things, when did she get the ability to then summon powdered paint? Kind of just figured that it was like either just the dried out plants or, or maybe like Nan saying like maybe pollen or something. Oh, she's building plants, killing them immediately, then just throwing their corpses all over I mean, her. I think it's just a, the thing that she could conjure. I don't know. Well, Nan's idea of pollen still kind of works, um, but yeah, I don't know. It was just kind of a... Look, it, it looks visually cool, and it reminds you of that parade they do where they throw like that colored powder on people. I don't know if that's... Is that a Colombian thing? I know there's like there's that be. parade that happens, and it's like, yeah, they, people are just having a good time and throwing like all these like colored powders at each other and it's just like it looks like a fucking riot um cool as shit and it's not just in colombia i'm pretty sure they do this in india as well there's a few hindu ceremonies that's why that, that's why i was thinking uh, when i saw her doing doing that, like that i was like is that a colombian thing i didn't think so i might be familiar with it being like an indian thing but yeah i'm not i'm not too First, I couldn't say one way or another. I'm not a cultured individual. Stop asking questions. <laughs> I'm already faking being a therapist. You think I can fake being a geologist? I don't know. We're already faking watching this movie. Do you think we actually watched Encanto? No. We watched Blade and The Matrix. All of the, all these things that I'm coming up with is just me staring at the poster and trying to guess from there. We watched the greatest movie of all time, Blade versus Morbius. Is it Morbin time? Is it Morbin time right now? I love that we're dating this move, this podcast. Don't, don't tell. Like, look, you and I can talk about doing Morbius five years from now, but for now, like, I don't think it's Morbin time. I'll just morb right off then, I guess. <laughs> yeah, man. If you would have Morbin asked how I felt about things, you would have Morbin no. Well, maybe if you showed a little bit Morbin interest now. Would... All right, we gotta stop. <laughs> we must cease. <laughs> yeah, we have to stop that. <laughs> Um, so really, then we get the oh. I just want to say. Well, well, you say your thing first. You say your thing first. My bad. No, I didn't really have. I was. I. I was gonna go on a tangent. It doesn't matter. Uh, you're c- keeping things moving along. Is a better. Idea. Oh, I was talking about how we got the biggest verbal smackdown of this movie right after the house breaks, or right before the house breaks, and it's amazing. As Mirabelle just straight up spits the hot facts at Abuela. The crack started with you. Bruno left. Because of you. Luisa's losing her powers. Isabella's out of control because of you. I don't know why you weren't given a gift, but it is not an excuse for you to hurt this family. I will never be good enough for you. Will I? No matter how hard I try, No matter how hard any of us tries, 
Luisa will never be strong enough. Isabella won't be perfect enough. Bruno left our family because you only saw the worst in him. Bruno didn't care about this family. He loves this family. I love this family. We all love this family. You're the one that doesn't care. You're the one breaking our home. Don't you the ever. The miracle is dying because of you. And like you see Abuela's heartbreak in that moment. And I'm just like, I mean, dude, come on. <laughs> Yeah, and in, in my family right now, I lay some kind of verbal smackdown like that on my grandma. My mom coming over there with the chocolate to beat my ass. <laughs> Don't you talk about your grandma that way. And then wham. I'm out of the house at that point. <laughs> yeah, grandma can't catch me anyway. Yeah. Whatever, grandma can catch his hands. <laughs> uh, yeah, and she has that great line where she's just like... Uh, where she's like, uh, yeah, they will never be perfect enough. And it's like, yeah, that's that's the bullshit. That's the song. That's kind of what their songs were about, their respective songs. Just talking about how you can never break, can never be any weaker, always be the strongest and perfect 100% of the time. And we, of course, after the house breaks and everyone loses their powers, Mirabelle runs away and everyone goes looking for her because it's dangerous. And of course, the only person that can find her is Abuela Alma, who for some reason knew, I don't know how, but some reason knew her her granddaughter would go to the exact same spot her husband was killed. Did she know she was going to be there? She was the only one that found her. Well, yeah, I kind of thought it was like kind of like they're all down in the dumps and she was outside her window with his picture kind of like, you know, asking you're saying i need your help like why if only you were here kind of thing so i kind of thought once the house broke she went to the she just went to the last place or the only place that she could uh have a memory of him kind of thing i thought it was incidental that she ran into her oh i thought it was a sense that like once she saw the picture and asked she knew where to go because she she's not surprised to see mirabelle there yeah, I, I, and I, it starts I, the exchange. I was just wondering if that was mentioned in there because if it was, I didn't catch it. So I was just that's what in my mind what happened is they both happened to just find comfort in the same place. Um, but it could have been it could have been that she knew instinctually. And then like I was talking to Kaz about this earlier. The next sequence is the full on explanation of Alma's backstory to Dos Oruguitas. And this is probably one of the best songs. Like, I, Surface Pressure is great. We don't talk about Bruno's fun. This song is perfect for this movie. Like, an absolute nail on the head with what it's about. Because we find out what happens to Alma and Pedro is really tragic. Alma and Pedro meet young, fall in love quickly, have triplets, are in love, and then almost. Like, they're not married for long. It's implied that they're only married for maybe nine months uh, because the triplets were just born when the problems uh, or the, the, the violence of the Thousand Day War finally crashed into their home. And this was a war between two political factions thinking one should be a centralized government, one should be a decentralized government, and the only people in the crossfire were the villagers. So we get this song uh that starts off uh first off you need to know oruguitas means caterpillar 
Two caterpillars in love and yearning spend every evening and morning learning to hold each other, their yeah. hunger burning, to navigate a world that turns and never stops turning. Together in this world that turns and never stops turning. I, Oreguitas, don't you hold on too tight. Both of you know it's your time to grow, to fall apart, to reunite. Wonders await you, just on the other side. Trust they'll be there and start to prepare the way for tomorrow. And then it moves. It shifts at the end of it for the last three stanzas where it's Ay Mariposas, which is butterflies. And it's Ay Mariposas, don't you hold on too tight. Both of you know it's your time to go, to fly apart, to reunite. Wonders surround you, just let the walls come down. Don't look behind you, fly till you find your way toward tomorrow. Which is a really beautiful metaphor for short-lived beautiful love. And accepting that and the, the moment where uh, the gift is given, when Pedro dies trying to distract the uh, soldiers, you see the most heartbroken look on yeah. a woman's face as she screams watching her husband be massacred, knowing her and her babies are next. And then you see the gift explode and they're saved. But in the end, she was still broken because Alma's story, surprise, she's not actually a villain. She is the representation of what of how trauma does not end yeah. after violence. Trauma continues unless you admit to it, and she never did. Instead, she admits that all she did was she ignored how her expectations were harming the family and then finally accepts responsibility for yeah. destroying everything. Now you see why I was like really into this song. I know, I know. I I think while we were watching the movie, I was just making shit ass comments because I refuse to take anything seriously. I will not. I don't um, blame like, you. But yeah, I was like watching like that's oh, my job. Beautiful and all stuff. It was it was it was a really good song. Um, very well done and really kind of uh, it was a nice bow to tie everything together. Um, I yeah, I'm glad you referenced uh, what uh, an actual war it was because every time we were watching it, I was like, I swear this is probably a reference to something actually happening in history, but I'm not gonna look it up. So I just kept joking and saying it's the drug cartel. Uh, yeah, because like people have done the research and looking in the sequence that you see, you see from the technology shown, it is probably the turn of the century. There were two big wars that happened in Colombia, but the other one didn't happen until like 50 years later, so it would have been 1948, 1950. So. It's more likely to be the Thousand Day War. Yeah, okay. And, yeah, I, I kind of got the vibe because they kept uh, showing, you know, going back to it that I was like, I swear this is probably an actual historical thing. But I don't know, know nothing about no history. So, yeah. So glad you actually did the footwork and looked it up. <laughs> I was really I curious. I wanted, I wanted to know if it was based on an actual event. And while it's never confirmed, the research behind it shows that, like, this is probably what happened. Yeah, you can kind of tell. Like, you can yeah. tell they're alluding to something without saying it because it would be too political. <laughs> so after... Alma, Maribel, and Bruno return to Casita that is broken. And everyone's just like, what do we do? It's just like, we're going to rebuild this house. The villagers do what they've been waiting to do if the Madrigals just would have asked for help. Because they mm -hmm. come out and they're just like, lay down, your, lay down your load. Like, you've helped us for so long. Let us help you. And you see the whole Encanto, like, build Casita back up. And it's gorgeous and it's beautiful. And it shows you that, like, 
It's okay to ask for help. You don't have to be in control of everything. And, and they never got their powers back because they learned the real magic was togetherness, community, and family, right? Oh, fuck you. Antonio's allowed to talk to animals. <laughs> I guess that helps. They they can't they they won't be attacked by animals like leopards. <laughs> I also love how it's implied. Uh, so the original Casita, uh, when you became when you came of age, a door was presented, and then you got your gift. With the new Casita, the doors are already there, so everyone can go back and reclaim their rooms. And there's probably a room for Maribel now because she the is. House never gave her. Room. Well, she they pro- probably will now because she is now the new leader of the madrigal family or is expected to be the next head of the madrigal family yeah okay probably because i mean you even see it on the front door uh it's not like a family portrait it's yeah. mary bell in the front and everyone else behind her she just needs to wait for that old biddy to die and she'll take a well <laughs> get that inheritance their repacon queso will finally be hers exactly uh yeah and the whole townsfolk come together help dude before we end this up can we talk about how Julieta has, like, the best power I've ever heard of? Is that her mom? Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah, that's cheating, man. That's too that powerful. Is, if my mom was able to heal a broken arm with just some, like, a homemade hamburger, my life would be so weird. Yeah, I'm like, does that also cure, like, just, is it like a sensu bean type technology? Can can Are you just like, man, I am tired from a day's work, and then all of a sudden, boop, no, you're good now. If it's go like, work oh, mom, more. I can't, I can't, yeah, I can't go to school today. <clears throat> I'm sick. Like, motherfucker, I'm going to make you some cereal. <laughs> like, ah, damn it. I don't think she, I think she actually has to make it. She can't just, unless you're telling me she does the entire cornflake process herself. All kinds of other kinds of cereal. But yes. How many people do you know that make their own cereal? Uh, depends what you consider cereal, sir. I am really scared to get an answer. A lot for that of question. instant made cereals that you can make yourself. It's fine. Look, it doesn't matter. It was just. Are you telling me you consider instant ramen the same as instant cereal? I didn't say instant ramen. Oh, you said instant. So I was immediately just thinking like all those instant products, instant. and I was just like, I "What s- are you talking about?" Look, I was just saying. Look, she could just make something. Homegirl could just I- make you like a fucking bread roll, and just being like, "Nope, you're going to school." I mean, you ain't wrong. You ain't wrong. There. Are you happy I mentioned something she could feasibly make by hand instead of getting through fucking Kellogg's? Because I don't think the Encanto was able to get Kellogg's. Define... Define make something, because now I'm saying it's like, okay, if you... If you got cereal together, put milk in it in a bowl, put in a bowl, grabbed yourself... Do you say you made yourself cereal? I always say I just put together a bowl of cereal. Oh, you're saying I put together. <laughs> I'm serious. Oh, when you make when you make a cake, you're just getting eggs, flour, sugar, and putting it together. You're not making anything. Uh, I know you're being an Go asshole ahead. for a reason. Go all ahead. Right. That's how no, we're gonna fuck end you. this. We're you gonna fight this. Fucking fucking all, right. all right. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> what What would you rather do? What would you rather do? <laughs> put together a bowl of cereal for yourself, or bake a fucking cake? I'm just gonna make myself some cereal. <laughs> but is it the same? Are you putting the amount of like the same work into it? Or are you just taking a pre-prepared item, oh, another okay, so pre-prepared by item, work. into a bowl? The cake isn't pre-prepared. It's prepared. You still have to make the cake. If I just grabbed a bunch of ground beef, threw it in a pot, let it sit there for a bit, that's not uh, too much work. So I guess that's not food. It's not considering making yourself dinner. I, I consider that cooking. I just don't consider putting cereal together cooking. So because it doesn't go in an oven or a stovetop, 
No, there's like cold cooking and stuff like that. I just don't consider something as easy as putting cereal in a bowl is cooking. A salad. No, that's prep work. You're just chopping up vegetables and putting it together. Yeah, no, they consider it salad to be just like prep work stuff that they just throw together. <laughs> I don't think a You're chef's not- going to tell you, yeah, I cooked a salad the other day. I'm not saying cooking. I said make. Did you make a salad? Oh, no, I just put it together. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Look. End of the day is <laughs> cereal. Sorry, I'm sorry that I attacked you because you like. I, I guess I hit a nerve. Hey, I'm gonna. I'll do it to you. This is gonna come. <laughs> work. <laughs> oh, I just. <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna come in and Kaz is gonna be like with a bowl of cereal, just dead staring at me as he eats it. No, I'm just gonna go to like McDonald's. I'm like, oh yeah, they put together a burger for me. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. That's what they did. <laughs> <laughs> that was a bad example, and you know that. Why? Well, once again, it doesn't consider it's it's cooked. Does it not meet your definition anymore? Hmm. As a man who has worked at McDonald's, do you consider McDonald's food? Yeah, I eat it, and it's fine. It makes keeps me alive still somehow. I think it's more like gambling at that point. It's either gonna keep me alive or it's gonna put me down. We'll find out. Oh, I'm sorry that we're too rich. We can't afford gourmet food, and some of us have to go to McDonald's. You rich bitch. No, I just cook my food. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah, yeah, I live half an hour from work. I have enough time to drive to home, I guess, put together some cereal, maybe, and then I have to be home before, or be back to work before I can even eat the bitch. Hey, Kaz, I work, I work, I live 30 minutes from work, too. This fucking privileged ass. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) Uh, So... Let's go ahead and... I feel like that's a good way to wrap this up. <laughs> so All cast. right, Jim, cut this. <laughs> <laughs> we can't break... So we, we can't show the cracks. The house isn't breaking apart. We got along fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> did you like it, Cass? <laughs> I did. It was a fun movie. It's very cute. Yeah? Yeah, I, mean, I pretty much outlined everything. All the characters are really cool uh cool messages and all that stuff yeah and i mean you don't even have to ask me either because i started this podcast off with i fucking love this movie yeah so i won't ask you then fine <laughs> well you can ask me then no, i don't want to now. okay well it's up to you then <laughs> <laughs> and this was the last episode of the podcast the very last episode we ended and kanto <laughs> was what broke it wasn't john travolta madness mark travolta madness it was fucking in kanto yeah, it wasn't because this <laughs> it wasn't this motherfucker is too good for McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't It wasn't because we watched Lair of the White Worm. It wasn't because of King Arthur Legend of the Sword. And it wasn't because I made him watch Seven Brides or Seven Brothers. It's because I don't believe making cereal, putting together cereal is cooking. Sorry. All right, sometimes I just gotta put together my food. <laughs> All right, guys, you got anything to plug? Ah, uh, yeah, we're at second respawn, twitch.tv forward slash second respawn. That's number two, N D, and the word respawn. We uh, do a variety stream and just just fucking mowed over a bunch of bosses in Eldering, fucking beat the giant on his second try. Um, so I have no doubt he's going to beat uh, Melania um, in like just the first shot. Uh, also been doing some Mario, uh, not, not Mario, because uh, it has the word Strikers in it. Some Persona mm-hmm. Strikers. 
Um, that's fun. And then some Phoenix Wright and some other weird shit that we do. Also have date night with Bubs on Mondays, which we're doing Divinity, which he's already screwed over every progress that I've made. Also joined by Sir Squarin. He's this other guy. This has been talking to you this whole time. He's at twitch.tv forward slash Sir Squarin. That's Sir, S-Q-U-A-R-I-N. He does variety streams as well. He's back at it again, hitting that grind, fighting that uh, Kingdom Hearts, and also taking on Nemesis in RE3. And also, <laughs> actually, I am not too much back right now. I do have COVID right now. Ooh, no, uh, so he'll be back again <laughs> fighting the T-virus and such once he's done with the coronavirus. Hey, saved it. Uh and then there's our editor. Which... Yes, uh, shout out to our editor, Tucker underscore wins, or at Tucker wins on Twitter. Uh, Tucker puts on a lot of work for us every week, so the podcast is released on Spotify, Apple Podcast, uh, Amazon Music, Stitcher, anywhere you can find podcasts. And he puts in a lot of work to make it sound amazing. We aren't actually funny. Tucker makes us funny. I have always told my brother we're only funny with editing. Exactly. So, there you go. It helps. And next week, to continue along the family-friendly summer of animation, we are going to be checking out DreamWorks' The Road to El Dorado, which is one of... Never seen it. It's one of my personal favorite uh, children's films. Like, I know I joke around about, like, sometimes singing along with the movies, even though I usually don't, but this time, I might actually do it. It's got Elton John. Oh, okay. Uh, Like, is he a character in it? No, he wrote the soundtrack. Okay. So, (laughs) any last words? Yeah, Cappy Bars don't give a fuck. Dude, I know. <laughs>